Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. You see it's recording your end? Yes, I can. Amazing! <laughs> this is so exciting! Oh, I'll stop laughing and calm down in a minute. I'm just too giddy. <laughs> Listen, you be giddy all you like. I'm thrilled to be starting my week off with you, for sure. Heather Tosh, what's up? <laughs> I'm doing not bad, Lisa. Doing not bad. It is Monday morning. I'm sat by my window. Do you know, I've never sat in this spot before and it's actually a really nice spot. I'm so impressed with your backdrop. You've got such a beautiful aesthetic going on there. I'm loving your work. Oh no, I match the bedding. <laughs> You're on brand. You're on brand. Beijing on brand. Thank you. <laughs> I've wanted to talk to you for a long time because I feel like you came into my life and I was like, where has Heather been all my life? And then a pandemic happened and then we couldn't like really hang out together or anything apart from on zoom so this is lovely to like you know i want to ask all the questions and i'm going to that's what you get to do when you've got your own podcast <laughs> i love it i know we've just been um doing our friendship over dm really on instagram haven't we pretty much, pretty <sighs> much. but you'll know all about podcasts and having your own podcast because heather tosh you have the awesome podcast that is women who feel and to boot you are the founder of Huddle, which I'm just like so excited to get into. There's too many, there's too many things. Do you mm. know what? My first question is like, mm. I see you as someone who makes things happen. Mm. I'm a starter, not a finisher. Oh, no, no, no. That's definitely not where I was going with that. I okay. don't I don't see you as that at all. But that's interesting. Let's get into that. No, I just I just see you as someone who who's proactive, who makes things possible. Have you always been making things like from a young age? Is that just who Heather is, somebody who makes things? Oh gosh, yes. Um, anything and everything since I was a little girl. Um, I think I was someone who just had a lot of energy. So I would often be dressing up and dancing around and I would be at the back of my mum's aerobics class, like prancing about, you know, and then I got sent to dance class to sort of try and burn up some of that energy. But then at home, yeah, I was always like trying to stitch things or draw things or make things. And and I think a lot of that came from my dad, actually. My dad's like quite a hands-on creative person and he would sort of start wee projects with me and bits and things like that. So, yeah, I've always I've always kind of made stuff. Mm. And even like uh, with my friends, I'd be the, the facilitator. I'd be the one that would be like, right. Today we're choreographing a show. Basically, I'd oh, just a really bossy person, though, thinking back. But it's, yes, the organiser, the facilitator, the let's do this, let's do that. Yeah. Which every group of friends needs. I mean, I'm saying that because I'm I'm your pal. I'm like, I was always making all the people, all the kids in my street like do shows and choreograph productions and like let, let's let's have a jumbo sale. Oh, I never did that. That's that's class. Yeah. Yeah. We we did a jumbo sale for Bell Cell Maternity Hospital, I remember. <laughs> At what age? At like seven? 
How like day jung, day jung, and I remember my mum saying, "Don't get people's clothes because nobody buys old clothes." And we went to this woman's house, and she we forgot to say that like we're not collecting clothes, and she gave us like so many clothes, and we just basically played dress up because these are most amazing hats that she'd given us. They're pure like eighties, like fantastic, like proper out of the wedding singer, loving it. <laughs> I guess to put it into context, mm-hmm. I went to an amazing event. Again, to this day, I'm so like it's so funny because I, I genuinely didn't know what I was going to, but I was like, it looks great. I was I was sold by the amazing graphics. I really was. Greatest graphics. <laughs> and it was an event run by Revolution, who have also featured in the podcast. So I will say at this point, Heather Tosh. You're the only person to be on this podcast twice. Twice? Oh, no. (laughs) Check it out. I managed to say next to nothing, though, in the first conversation because I was joined by two other people. So I deliberately tried to (laughs) take a backseat on that one. Now you've got me back. This is why you're here again. This is why I'm like, come on now. Give me all the Heather fabulousness. Yeah, and that day at the end of the event, I just was felt compelled to come and speak to you and right away I just got that amazing energy that vibe off you were so welcoming and so supportive of my kind of proposition of you coming on the podcast which I was like thank you and yeah just from then I just have been intrigued by you Heather Tosh I just wanted to know more and just that's the joy of having a podcast you can just invite people on and be dead nosy In terms of like your creativity, so you're saying from a young age, like that was just something that was like innate in you. You were just always buzzing with energy, wanting to be up to something, making stuff. Was it then a, like almost like a career path? Like I'm going to have, I'm going to do something that's going to like harness all these skills and bring them to life in a kind of more like professional capacity? Yeah, I think so. So I, I trained as a dancer. So that was kind of my first love, my main love. And, um, you know, I left school and I went immediately into dance training. But for me, it was it was never enough to just do dance. And I don't, that may sound really selfish and I don't want it to come across as, you know, you were great at one thing. Like, could you have not just stuck with that love? But I'm just one of these people that, you know, I, I kind of get my head around one thing. You know, I try and get better at it. And then I see something else and I'm like, I just want to give that a bash too. I mean, if I start it and I'm not that great at it, I will kind of step back. You know, I do kind of, there is that side of me that needs to sort of be decent enough at something in order to sort of push it. But um, yeah, I think the dream for me is being able to do work and it might be three different jobs in the one week, you know, um, but to be sort of feeding all my interests, whether it's visual arts or writing or bringing create a community which is something which is basically what Hado's about which I'm going to talk about um I don't know it's not enough for me to be to be doing the same thing nine to five Monday to Friday I just get yeah. I get really I get really itchy and I get really yeah frustrated and oh distracted so yeah I, I connect with that massively and for a long time I think I grappled with the idea that oh, well, it's almost like Lisa doesn't know what to be up to. I mean, obviously dance is featured heavily and like that is my, I guess, my main career path. You know, I've been doing it long enough now to say that, I think. I'm like, <laughs> do I get that official badge now? <laughs> but, you know, that's just something that I've, all, I've always grappled with. Personally, has that been a theme for you? Hugely, hugely. I remember being at a wedding once and at the time I was doing three different jobs. So I was teaching dance I was doing a bit of social media freelancing and I was kind of trying to grow another wee project on the side 
And I remember being asked at this wedding, you know, so what do you do, Heather? And I kind of froze on the spot. And the last thing I wanted to do was stand there next to my husband and go, well, I do this, this and this, you know, but none of them to a particularly high level. But I do all of these things and I'm making a comfortable income from them all. And I'm happy, you know, almost like accept me, accept me and all my, you know, multiple interests and multiple passions, multiple jobs. My husband turned around to me afterwards. Well, I, I answered the question. I was asked, what do you do, Heather? And I said, oh, I teach dance. And then my husband turned around and said, yeah, but you're also training to be a counsellor and you're also, you know, social media freelance consultant. And I, I felt, I felt a wee bit kind of, maybe shame is a too heavy a word, but I felt embarrassed, you know, especially when you're around all these other people that you ask them and their job title is just one short, snappy answer. I do X. And for you, you don't have that clear-cut answer. Yours is going to be as long as your arm. <laughs> um, but I think that was a real, that's a, that was a moment in time that's always stuck with me. It was like, you're the one that's embarrassed. Nobody else is embarrassed. You need to move on from that. For me personally, I find it super impressive if somebody is totally immersed in one thing and they love it and they're passionate about it and they've dedicated their life. That's amazing. But equally, if you're a multifaceted person with lots of interests and you've managed to make all those plates mm-hmm. spin, mm-hmm. that's also awesome. Oh, it's underrated. Like People don't realise how much that takes out of you to sort of juggle those multiple plates, You know, make sure that enough money's coming in, make sure enough work is coming in, and for you to keep pushing yourself out there for more to come your way. And I'm I'm so over that now. Like I'm so appreci- appreciative of my ability to juggle. But it's that kind of not being an expert in one area. And I wish I could. I wish I could pin myself down and become an expert at Z. But I'm really proud of the fact that I'll probably never be that. Because it doesn't that doesn't need to be the only end goal to be good and to be known in your fields and for people to come and appreciate what you do but it's a real shift it's a real shift but I think a lot of people certainly in the creative industries they just identify with that because like it's just like a need as well Mm. in terms of like financial stability like they've always got several strings to their bow Mm. Um, but that that is a plus point isn't isn't always just about survival it's almost like tapping into all that all those ideas and all that creativity that's going on in your head. And for you, you were a successful dancer. You've then pursued a career working with Revolution and the amazing work you do there. You've created this awesome podcast. You've now created Huddle. All of these things are successful. And you could choose, I guess, to hone in on one. But why, when you have the brain power and the ability and the talent to, to give your energy? And I guess, like there'll be times where you have to spend more time on one and the others go on the back burner for a while. And that is that something that you find easy to do or is that a bit of a struggle? Oh, that's a real, that's a massive struggle. And it's something that I sort of, I do find myself beating myself up a little bit for maybe dropping one too much. Um, because, oh my gosh, I, I, I was doing an interview um, with someone else and I Googled my name not that sounds terrible I googled myself because I am someone who has started multiple websites and blogs and you you know you name it I've started it and it's out there floating about I just wanted to know how many like websites blogs etc I've started and abandoned and I think there were like seven (laughs) 
was like, right, yep, that's me, that's me all over. Um, so I do, I find it really, I, I do find it hard. I think I've kind of got the balance now where I've got enough and I can't take anything else on because I want to see something through. And to be honest, I think Women Who Fail, the podcast and now Huddle are probably the 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 long the long standing projects. I can see them staying with me for a while. And there's been things that I've started in the past that I knew they'd fall off. I knew that they'd disappear into the abyss at some point. But a big part of that I realised is me not believing in it and valuing it and almost giving it a chance to grow and breathe and become something other than what it started as. Mm. So I think, and this is kind of why I created Huddle, it was built from it was built out of a need, a personal need, um, for me to actually value what I'm doing and stick with it and make mistakes and change it and put it back out there. Um, because one of the things I'm really bad at is talking about what I do. <laughs> so well, you're doing an absolutely splendid job this morning. So I think that's a load of rubbish. <laughs> but I think, you know, your creative endeavours don't have to multiply and grow and it's fine just to create this one thing and that's just what it is like that was just yeah. like a moment in a space and time where you felt the need to create something and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with just creating for the sake of creating and no worrying about where it's going can we not just create for the sake of creating and if something comes out of it great but see if it doesn't like I had a lovely time writing that blog post or making that origami cat or whatever it is do you know what I mean like it doesn't necessarily need to turn into this like global empire absolutely and I think I've kind of fallen into that pattern in the past where I've started something thinking oh yeah you know I should maybe if I really gave this some thought and some input this could be this could become something and it's a terrible pressure I think it does take a lot for me to just start something knowing that oh do you know what it's all right if I drop it in a month or a year's time but it's different with Huddle I am giving myself permission to do this um, and to just stop with this like oh it needs to be taken seriously it needs to be like the best thing that you know the best blog post I've ever written that's the perfectionist tendency in me which is frustrating so frustrating but I really admire like that fact that you've noticed those tendencies in yourself and that you like I feel like you're so self-critical I think you know I think you're awesome I think you just you're really honestly playing yourself down big time but like to create huddle, like it's almost like a response mm. to your own creative practice and the, the things that are important to you and the things that you're noticing are creeping up time and time again. And that that only comes with experience, I guess. Like you have to, you know, touching on the, the theme of failure, which yeah. we're obviously going to get onto. But it's almost like when you notice patterns within your own self, you know, your behavior, it's like, well, I can do something about this. But in the process, you, Heather Tosh, are then helping other people, which I think is just awesome <laughs> I know I know the funny thing is like when I started Huddle obviously the main aim was to find myself you know three other people that would help me be accountable and um, the first thing I ended up doing was facilitating other people into Huddles <laughs> and I sort of popped myself into a group last which I thought was quite I nearly forgot to put myself in a Huddle I nearly you know I had a big spreadsheet of names and I put everyone into groups and I, I gave some thought to like, you know, people that might connect with one another, but also keeping the groups diverse. And then my name was at the bottom and I was like, shit, I nearly forgot to put myself in. 
which is um, very typical me. But yeah, it very much grew out of a a personal a personal need, hundred um, percent. So, what would be your like elevator pitch for huddle? If you're trying to convince somebody that they need a huddle in their life, which obviously they clearly do. What would you say? <laughs> um, the elevator pitch for huddle is small accountability groups that help you make stuff happen. They help you make anything important to you happen. That's that's what it is, and that important thing will look really different um, to everyone. So it might be that you are a student trying to finish a PhD or a, an assignment or something. You may be someone who's looking to change career and you need folk around you that are going to make sure you do that and map that out. Or it's someone who wants to try writing a novel. The, the mix of people is so cool. And I love that. And I think that's quite, that's not an easy thing to get in a community. You know, you try and kind of find your niche, go after those people and let them know that you're here. But with Huddle, mm-hmm. it's, it can work for anyone. It's about making ideas become things, you know, whatever that idea is. So, Yeah, and I guess different perspectives will help the people in each Huddle to like almost come out of that box, because sometimes you pigeonhole yourself and you're in your realm and you're surrounding yourself with people who think and do the same thing as you. So I guess if you're in a Huddle with somebody that's doing something completely different to you their perspective can only be almost like a bit of a light bulb moment to shine like a, a bit of a different light on what you're doing and what you could be doing so I think that's like really cool that you've curated that in a way that it's not necessarily putting people into groups with folk that are doing the exact same thing totally because you know you don't you get as creatives you know creative people we can be really quite we're kind of used to working on ourselves by ourselves and the minute you introduce another person into the mix, it can make you feel quite, well, sometimes quite vulnerable. If it's people that are kind of working in the same arena, you maybe don't want to share too much. Uh, or you might feel judged by those people if you're not doing as well as they are. So uh, diversity is just the answer. Well, certainly from starting the groups and listening to what they've found useful, it is ha- it's having the diversity. And I uh, created a sort of... Um, a questionnaire for people when they first started to find out why were they joining what were they wanting out of it and what kind of people would they like to to be working alongside for the question who would you like to be working alongside it was people that I'm not in touch with at the minute people that I don't have around me at the minute and I thought gosh that wasn't something that I was expecting to see that's really really interesting so for example in my huddle um, there's four of us, all huddles are made up of four people and there is a, a cultural um, consultant, um, there's a communications manager and there's a complementary therapist and we're all looking to do really, really different things um, but the way that we all balance each other out, it's, it's bliss, it's so good, it really, really is. I think that's so cool that you've just created that space for people to because like yeah we've all got friends and family well I know I'm lucky to have lots of people around me that I could go to for advice or send like something and go is this any good but quite often the people around you like you're saying they are well they're probably going to be your biggest cheerleaders which is, is, is amazing but sometimes like you need like strangers to be like do you know what have you tried this or actually I don't think that's a good idea you know the people around you are going to be like giving it you're amazing. You can do it. Yeah, that, that looks great. Like, because they've seen what you do and they, you know, they support you no matter what. Whereas a group of strangers, 
there's just going to be that space to maybe be a wee bit more honest with yourself as well. Completely, and it's something that I really encourage um, huddle members from from the beginning. I send everyone a little starter kit just to help everyone get the most out of huddle from the get-go because you're being placed with three people that you've never met before. And at the moment, you're initially meeting over WhatsApp uh, and then, you know, you try and arrange your first face-to-face, usually via Zoom, um, as soon as possible, you know, because you're entering something that feels new and it's alien and it's strangers and it's another Zoom, you know, there are so many things that could really put you off there. Mm. Uh, But you're all there for the same reason. And definitely, like, there needs to be honesty there. And there also needs to be a bit of trust built. Uh, and you also need to, you need to bond with the other members. Because if you don't feel any attachment to them, you're not going to show up and do the thing that you say you were going to do. So there's a bit of kind of bonding that that, that needs to happen initially. Um, but it's so good knowing that you can go to that group and they're going to be honest with you. You know, they're not there to sit and clap and tell you how fabulous you and your idea is they're there to help you get from a to b with a bit of honesty and support in between it is hard work like of course it's hard work you know being accountable and uh, to yourself and to other people um but when you rock up we encourage groups to meet every three to four weeks so not too frequent but not with so much time in between that you kind of forget what you're doing um but uh you know a lot of the time you are turning up and saying do you know what? I said I would do this and I haven't. And then the group will say, right, well, what got in the way? Because those things are going to keep cropping up if they remain out of, you know, your conscience, that they, they just yeah. don't, that you don't see them and be able to stop them when they kind of pop up again. So a lot of it, there is a lot of celebrating, but there's also a lot of, right, what happened? But also what I want people to realise is that it huddles a place for people that maybe do too much as well. Um, And they might need people around them to remind them that they don't need to move so fast or do so much. And that can be just as important. So I had someone reach out who is living with a long-term health condition and asked if it would be possible to be put with other people who would understand where she's coming from. And I thought, gosh, that's that in itself is so powerful and really, really important. Um, so for me, it was about putting out some messaging that that sort of pitch huddle as a place where it's a place to do less and not more, uh, mm. and to be reminded that you move at your own pace and not at the pace that others expect you or want you to move at. That's important too. Like that people are not coming to huddle and then feeling the pressure. It's supposed to be a helpful thing, not like a hindrance, like not another thing you need to worry about. Exactly. That, that That's it. And it, I think it could be quite easily be viewed as that sort of space. And it shouldn't be, especially when you're surrounded by three other people who believe in what you do, but are going to challenge you when you say, oh, I've not done this. And, that, and that's what you want. And I like that about Huddle. I like that it's directed by the community and people are saying to me, well, this is what I think will work for me. And where possible, being able to work with that. So, yeah, sometimes it's about doing less and not more. You explain it just now. It sounds like something that everybody should be part of. It's all walks of life, all different backgrounds, jobs, career paths, interests. It's not about the creative industries. It's just about what you want to do if you've got a plan that you want to be accountable for get yourself in a group why are you in a huddle what are you making yourself accountable for so I think just after Christmas when the um you know the lockdown restrictions were back in place 
I did feel really cut off. I started Women Who Feel podcast at the beginning of lockdown because I wanted to teach myself just how to podcast, you know, that 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 was it. And that started off really well and it gathered some steam and, you know, there's a lovely community over there. But I'd stopped giving the things that bring me joy, you know, some time. And I thought, gosh, if I'm just going to keep my head above water during lockdown, I need to keep this going. I don't want to, to kind of vanish into the abyss like the many other projects that I've started. So um, I don't know what hit me. It was, it was January the 4th. I went on to Instagram and I just said, would anyone, I'm just looking for three people. You don't need to know me, um, that you'd be up for joining me. And maybe every three or four weeks we could get together and you know I could update you on where I'm at and you can update me on where you're at and dead simple um and I think there's there is a real vulnerability with asking that you know to people that I mean social media you know you just put that message out there and um but I was you know in all honesty like I, I was feeling pretty lonely at that point I moved to Glasgow from London I don't have a huge pool of friends here but what does keep me going is my little kind of creative things um so I I thought you know what hopefully three people get in touch and that's it like we're up and running but loads of people replied underneath the thread and it just had me wondering like gosh like we could all benefit from some accountability and I thought right well, what did I do with all these people? I felt, I felt quite responsible for those people then. Just, oh no, I'm going to have to make a thing now. <laughs> Here I am back at being like a young person, like organising all my pals again. You see a repeating pattern here? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I did. I was like, right, everyone that said yes, I'm just going to start something dead simple. I can put you all in, a, in groups of four and then we can all have a huddle then words started getting out and then other people got in touch and and then a website was in planning and a starter kit happened and oh goodness the groups alone like creating huddle and organizing all those people and keeping everything going it must be so much I mean it work but it clearly brings you joy when you're talking about it you're lighting up you can see how much you enjoy and how much you're getting from it yeah. but yeah like to take that next step and, and create a website it feels like a bit more like oh so we're, we're official now we've got a website oh totally but I think I I needed something so the kind of process of people getting in touch and me you know throwing their information into a spreadsheet and put them into groups I was starting to resent it because it was taking so much time and energy um, but at the same time I didn't want to just draw a line under it because it's quite exciting when you put something out there that it fulfills a need for you but also it's it's pretty it's pretty important and it's helpful to others so uh yeah so it was taking a lot of time to uh you know I created the kind of google form and captured information that way but I wanted to sort of stick to stick to my ground zone I'm not just going to shove the next four people that apply into a group mm-hmm. because I don't think it's it's going to work that way and also you can kind of do that you know I can go out there and grab four people or three other people and say do you want to do this but I think there needs to be a want from the other pairs the other three people everyone kind of needs to know what they're joining huddle for um and just to be considerate of keeping the groups diverse but also ensuring that they have some things in common but yeah I just a website just makes life really easy it's mm. <laughs> but it's another good example of me going oh 
well, yeah, right, next thing, let's have this and then we'll have that. <laughs> if we're, we're going with the theme of alliteration here, in terms of huddle, what has been one highlight and one hurdle? One highlight, it was Sunday launching the website. Again, I sat on it and I sat on it and I've worked with this amazing uh, website designer called Jamie at Creative Beef. Follow him on Instagram, who has put so much imagination and consideration into what is now Let's Huddle.club, the website. Um, so a big shout out to him who basically made this a reality. You know, I can take very little credit for the magic that is that website, honestly. Um, but that's been a real high. But I did sit on it and he was like, right, hi, are you are you going to launch it? <laughs> And I, and I sat on it and I sat on it and it was ready to go and it was like, just put it out there. Nobody really cares. <laughs> You're not what was stopping you? Um, it was that thing of, have I done enough? Does it, is it clear enough? Is it, good, is it good enough? Have I missed anything out? It's fine. As it is, it will change. As websites are, they always change. Is it good enough for now? Yes. It's funny how you just, uh, that you know, you put up these hurdles for yourself sometimes, eh? It's not just like the hurdles that life presents. It's like, there's enough hurdles in life. Why am I giving myself some to navigate to? Thanks. Exactly. Well, there there I've highlighted the the highlight, but also the the hurdle within the highlight, you know? (laughs) I've got something great to shout about, but I'm too scared to shout about it. Oh, it's a terrible affliction, Lisa. Terrible. But then in some ways you think, this is who I am. And that's the joy of like when you meet other people and you you, you celebrate their differences mm-hmm. and what makes like the quirks that they've got and what makes them totally unique and you know and it's the, quite often the things that you give yourself a hard time for and you're like but that's who I am why would I want to change exactly it's just it just boils down to being comfortable in, in your own skin and my huddle gave me a right um, lecture the other day and it was it was so needed um, I was sitting there going. Oh, it, it comes back to this like starting things and never finishing and they were like but that's what that's what we are we're never everything we're never the full package it's not possible as much as we're sold this image especially on Instagram of being everything all the time it's not possible sometimes people are great innovators they're great starters they're great at the middle bit or they're, they're great at the end bit but very rarely are we good at doing the whole thing you know, I've started working with a mentor because I'm, you know, I'm I'm keen to grow Huddle, um, but to have a bit of support so the imposter syndrome doesn't stop me in my tracks. Um, but I was trying to work out a few things, and she was like, "Why are you trying to answer these questions? Like the community have got the answers." And I thought, "Oh, so they do. Why am I trying to work this out for them?" Uh, so the next step was go to the community and ask them. Uh, so so that's what I did. I enjoy seeing what you create and what you're up to. Your personality comes through everything that you put out in your, you know, your podcast alone. Like, can I just say, like, the podcast is a total triumph. Mm. I'm so glad you, I'm so glad you made it. Oh, Lisa, thank you. Well, I'm going to embarrass you now because the only reason that podcast exists is because of a conversation that we had. So <laughs> that was me just being my usual, like, I just make a podcast. I mean, literally, I'm I'm like, everybody make a podcast. It was that external permission. I needed someone to say to me, just do it. Like, that's it. Do you know what? It might be a flop. You might not be that good at it. You're going to be dead rusty at the start. But 
you've been talking about it and I had been talking about it and thinking about it for so long, but I needed somebody to go do it. In terms of what you wanted the podcast to be about, I was on board right away when you said, I want to do a podcast about women and failure. And I was like, yes, do it, make it happen, hurry up. <laughs> but why failure? Yeah, so I was looking for a subject, I guess, that wouldn't run out of steam after, you know, three or four episodes. That was the main goal to begin with. But then I think on a deeper level, it was a chance for me to talk about something that frustrates the heck out of me. And that's just this procrastination perfectionist cycle that I get myself into. I'll start something. um, I get really excited about it. You know, I believe that it could be something great and then uh, I'll start to overthink it. I get stuck on this cycle of eat, edit, repeat and then said thing never happens or I keep it in edit mode so long that I then get bored of it, don't really think, decide it's not good enough and then don't ship it. Like that's it. It is just something that you need to be aware of and you can change it. So I think the subject failure was a chance for me to just dive into failure and what gets us in the way of doing things and to hear from other women living in Scotland what failure means to them and how they've tackled it on any level. And for some women that have come on the podcast, failure isn't a thing for them. They're the minority, but it's also a platform for people to go on and say, well, actually, I've reframed failure. You know, for me, it's it's just a wall that I need to kind of jump over or, or knock down. But also it's a place where we don't glamorise failure because I think it has kind of fallen victim to that quite recently where it's almost like fail fast, fail now, you know, just go out and do it and and you will, you'll be successful at the end of it. But that's not true and quite often that is not the outcome for people. Failure hurts, failure is painful, failure stops you and I think there needs to be space for that conversation for the things that never made it for the successes that never happened um and it's just about how we bounce back from it or crawl back in most cases that's totally touched in a nerve of me because like my relationship with failure I think is not like a healthy one for sure I talk a good game and I, w- I never judge anybody else for their their deemed failures the things that they would deem a failure and they would come to me and say well that's a disaster that's a failure and I'd be like no or or fine it was but it had to happen because like look what you've learned from it, look what you've gained from it and and I'd be the first person to say you can't possibly continue to succeed if you don't expect to fail do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but that's why I just really admired you opening up yourself but also the, the, the guests that you've had in the podcast have been amazing they've just been so open and honest and yeah. I, I just really admire that and it's something that certainly I want to work towards being more honest with myself and others about yeah I'm not perfect and not that I think anybody thinks that I am I know that they don't you know what I mean like listen to this podcast I think you've gathered <laughs> but just that it's all right like that you start stuff and it doesn't work out or that you start something, you abandon it for a while because you can't be bothered. Or yeah, I wrote a post the other day there about just like it's fine not to like have a super productive day every day. Hugely, like that's I think we're quite similar in that respect. That it's I've kind of had this life of 
people putting you on a pedestal and kind of, you know, almost being the best X, Y and Z, you know, like being being the best dancer in the dance school and, you know, moving on to study and 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 people, you you know, you sit in an exam or sit in a test and people expecting you to do really, really well and you expecting yourself to do really well. But then when you kind of enter the big bad world and, you know, you're not that anymore, you're not... Yeah. <laughs> you're not used to that it can come as quite a shock um but it's it's nobody's fault it's just kind of what happens to you you need to you need to then retrain what failure means to you and I remember I'm a huge fan of Seth Golden and uh, I remembered listening to him in a podcast once and he said start as though you're going to fail um Mm. and that's not um to put you off or to stop you from putting in your best or a hundred percent you know or caring about that thing mm-hmm. it's just about you know it might not happen but what what does that matter you know it's really really freeing it is really really freeing and um, and I've just I try to I try to keep that in mind and I, I've kept that in mind when I've started Huddle and it's helped me massively just take the load off a bit just take the pressure off yourself yeah if it's a flop who cares doesn't matter I know, like you made a thing, like it was a moment in time, like why does it need to have this, like why does, I think like success or longevity sometimes equals success and you're like, no, like some things can just be like there and then gone and that's fine. Like it doesn't need to last forever and ever and ever. I mean, I'm saying this, this podcast better last forever and ever and ever because I love it. I love it doing better, it. Like, there's so much joy that comes out of this. I just need to remember that it isn't my job. But, <laughs> but yeah, just like things that you just, did or created it's like a night out like you Mm. you can't be on an amazing night out forever it was just this one night that was amazing and like yeah you can remember about you can reminisce but like it happened and it was one night and that was it exactly I think it's important like not to like put that pressure on yourself that something needs to grow arms and legs and be this big epic absolutely and that one day you'll be celebrated that you'll be popped back on that pedestal and everyone will be going ah well done (laughs) (laughs) you know so I have given myself permission that you know if Huddle isn't here in a year's time like that's that's fine and it kind of allows you to just enjoy the many celebrations that you have you know the moments where things went to plan or another group Mm -hmm. started or or that sort of thing but I think what I like is that Women who fail and huddle, they are, there is a connection there. Women who fail is a conversation about failure and, um, you know, disappointment and expectations. And huddle is a place to kind of come and mess things up and get things wrong and have people around you that care. And maybe together, you know, you'll work something out and you'll put something out there. And I think especially just now, you know, we're still in the throes of a, a pandemic and we all know, like you were saying, you started the year feeling really isolated and lonely. And I think a lot of people will identify with that just listening to this conversation. That's why I've kept this podcast going during the pandemic and you started yours. It's that want and need to connect with other people. And when you are a creative person, I mean, I say a, a creative person, like everybody is creative, but if you are drawn to creative practices and then quite often not always but quite often you're a sociable person who enjoys the company and the input of other people and mm. this pandemic has not allowed for that so thank goodness for like people like you that start things like huddle because it's just that 
opportunity for people to connect when we can't even meet our friends and family indoors you know it's it's been really difficult for people to to feel that they are seen mm. and heard oh absolutely and it was interesting reading the the responses to the the questionnaire that people complete once they join huddle and the questions are quite I'm quite nosy in the questions but it's just so that I can put people together that I think will be a good fit but what was coming out of that was yeah I am lonely right now and you know I don't have people around me that I feel comfortable to share my ideas with or I've absolutely bored the hell out of people that are around me and uh, I'm worried that actually they've stopped listening because they're sick of hearing about stuff so it's finding specific people that will help you with specific things but yeah it's uh, an amazing thing to come out of women who fail is you know having those conversations with the guests before they come on have an interview and then the conversations afterwards it's it's been really lovely and I you know silver linings and all that but it's been a huge positive that's come out of lockdown for me it's helped me in my sense of isolation but hopefully it's helped you know it's helped other people as well people that I've got in touch saying oh I'm you know painting my bedroom wall now and I've just tuned in and it's really nice to hear such honest conversations um I don't try and interview people that are of note or, you know, I don't try and kind of convince anyone particularly famous to come on it. I'm, I want to just speak to whatever it is normal, you know, everyday yeah. folk living in Scotland. Well, people are fascinating. People are so <gasps> interesting. And as much as I'm, I'm a blether, I think you know that, Heather, don't you just find it the absolute joy to listen to someone chat about what they've done and what their interests are and what they're passionate about and what scares them like it's such a privilege <gasps> I love it I remember oh I picked this up from somewhere it was oh who was it oh it was the minimalist yeah I'm a big fan of the minimalist podcast I'm not a minimalist in any shape or form but it's one of those you know you aspire to be like and they were like oh yeah when you meet someone for the first time they were like why do we why do we insist on saying to them like oh what do you do Instead, why don't we ask them, like, oh, what, I don't know, what you're passionate about or what do you get excited about? And I thought, oh, yeah, now there's a question I'd be happy to answer. <laughs> uh, so I've started doing it if I'm doing like any kind of facilitation work um, as, as part of my day job. Um, I'll just ditch that, like, you know, what's your label? No, tell me what you're interested in. Yeah, you're spot on there because, like, you know, to have an open conversation with somebody and say, oh, I like this and like that. But then that feeling of, well, that just sounds like I'm bragging because like, oh, I don't do one thing. I do 10. Aren't I amazing? <laughs> it's like, no, I just love lots of things. Is that all right? And the thing is, most people love lots of things. Ooh. It's just that like some of us like to like give a wee bit more time and energy and stress ourselves out about the things that we love <laughs> and make websites and turn them into like... Lots of things that other people can get involved in. That's what we're all about, Heather. But yeah, you're you're spot on. Like we need to stop asking that question because it's does you know what you do in adversity commas doesn't oh. define you. No. So obviously you you work with Revolution, and I'm guessing your work there because you know they do amazing work to help and support and create self-reliant groups yep. you'll have learned a lot in that role in terms mm -hmm. of what works with putting groups together and yep. how to run. Yes. 
the organisation, the way it's run and, and support people. And, you know, it sounds to me that that's exactly what you're doing with Huddle. But then you're a professional dancer as well, Heather, and that you've had this amazing career doing that. And then you're like, oh, yeah, and I'm like studying to be a counsellor as well. I'm like, oh, my word, have you invented uh, an eighth day of the week that I don't know about? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Where, where did that come from? Oh, well, I've always, I've always enjoyed that kind of work and I think it started with uh when I finished my degree in dance uh and I was trying to find work I I did I did finish my degree feeling like gosh that was all about me it felt like a very kind of (laughs) self-centered three and a half years of my life well four really to be honest a lot of time spent stood in front of a mirror you know worrying about your hip not like fully rotating to the extent that you wanted it to and just I felt so self-obsessed and I think I was just desperate to find something that took me out of me for a little bit so I started volunteering for Samaritans and um, I stayed with Samaritans for a good few years and I you know I left Leeds and I moved back to Glasgow and then I moved to London but I volunteered in, in all three cities and I just found that I really just a, an absolute privilege of a of a role um and I think in the back of my head I was like gosh I would like to do this properly I'd like to properly be trained and to work work in front of people and and and, and be be a counsellor so yeah so I did uh you do like a, a certificate before you kind of come on this all you know different avenues of, of training but just over the years I've kind of uh, taken it a bit more seriously so to speak and last year I decided no this this is it I really I really want to do this not full-time but certainly for part of my week to be made up of me doing that role so yeah it's part-time training over two years um, it's been massively disrupted because of the pandemic um, I, I haven't been able to do as many clinical hours as I'd like to but yeah, it's on the horizon and hopefully, touch wood, by this time next year, fingers crossed, I'll be fully qualified. Yeah, like you say, it must be such a privilege that we're talking about doing a podcast, but it's like a whole other thing to hold space for someone in, in that setting. And um, everything that you have learned and experienced to date will just be feeding back into that, that role as counsellor and your ability to empathize and understand and listen like it's a skill to to listen to other people and then advise or or just like hold space for them oh my gosh it's it's really hard it's exhausting um it kind of feels like a lifestyle choice as well training to be a counsellor you kind of obviously you can't switch off and you don't fall into a counselling conversation with every person that you meet but it's Mm. it's constantly there which, which I love, you know, and also going through the training, it makes you look at your repeating patterns and, you know, how you've grown as a person and, and why you're, why you do the things you do, essentially, which is also exhausting, you know. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. If I make it out the other side and I decide, do you know what, I'm maybe not built for this nothing will have been lost yeah I think it's something that you're doing for yourself but also you're doing it for other people to help other people and what's not beautiful and amazing about that the sense of purpose that comes from that 
you know, I think in, in some way, whatever you do, you will be making a difference to someone somewhere. Um, and, and perhaps the counselling, it's just a bit more kind of there. <laughs> but um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that's quite important to me. And and maybe I do wonder about dance and, you know, I don't, I, I still teach, but I don't, I don't perform. I don't choreograph um, professionally, but things change, you know, you're allowed to change as you grow, as you, as you grow up and you grow older, you have full permission at any point to, to change the direction you're going in. Exciting, like do you know, I mean, you just never know, and that's the exciting part of starting something new or going back to something that for a wee while has just been, you know, you parked it for a while, and you you get full permission to go back to it whenever you like. Absolutely, you you don't need me to tell you you're awesome. I'm sure you hear it all the time, but that's why I wanted you in the podcast because I just really, I really admire you. Thank you, Lisa. That's hard to hear, but thank you. <laughs> well done for taking the compliment. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> now, as you may, you may be aware, on well, you are aware because you've been on the podcast before. We are moving on to what's called the Hingamajigs. Okay, Heather Tosh, go for it. Current obsession. <gasps> Current obsession. Well, it was sorry. There's two parts to that answer. There, it was interior design masters, and now it's line of duty. <laughs> We're like the same person. <laughs> oh, how good was interior design masters oh, it was incredible it was incredible and I've got a lovely a lovely painted bathroom now which I wouldn't have been inspired to do had it not been for that programme I know see when you put on yeah. you painted your bathroom I genuinely was like I hope she'll put a picture on <laughs> genuinely was I get so excited when other people decorate because I've ran out of rooms in my house to decorate so I just like live vicariously through other people so when you were like I painted my bathroom I was like Really, really hope she puts a picture on. You haven't yet, Heather. Come on now. What's happening? Oh, <laughs> I'm oh, loving it. Yeah, I'm there with you, hundred percent. Okay, this is probably well. Maybe it would be tough. I don't know. I I find this question tough. If you were going to host a dinner party, Ooh. which three guests would you invite? And they don't need to be famous people. They could be people that you know, dead or alive. Oh, okay. So, well, I had Lorraine Kelly on this morning because I was trying to like channel my Lorraine Kelly before coming on the podcast so I'm going to say Lorraine Kelly that's such a typical yes. Scottish answer no but she is the dream like <laughs> I've met her she's the loveliest person you've, you've met her I've met her a couple of times and she's like she's oh my like talk about plate spinning like she's doing a million things in the, the space of one like minute really? and still is the loveliest person while she's doing it. She's got somebody talking in her ear, she's holding a script, she's looking at a prompter, somebody else is talking to her, folk are handing her stuff and she's still going, oh, it's lovely to see you again. Like like as if you, you're our best pal. Like she is the dream. I love her. So yeah, I'm all there with you, Willarine Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> She's she's just brilliant. She's just unapologetically herself, and I really admire anyone that's like that on TV, like Jean Johansson, for example. Just mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> My second person is ah, uh, it needs to be Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah, I said I said to my husband James that I just want to sit down and watch Fleabag again from the beginning. Um, so it gives me a lot of light. And the third person would be. My wee gran, because it's been so long since <laughs> she's alive. She's still alive. She's not dead. Um, but yeah, just to sit down and have a have a good blather over the dinner table with her. I just can't wait to give her a proper squeeze um, when all this is over. So 
She's great. I am sure she would love to sit down at your dinner party with Lauren Kelly and Phoebe Willowbridge. <laughs> Actually, in that, in that case, she'd be a liability, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, now, this question's been on the list forever. Okay. I don't think I've asked him yet. Why me? Well, you'll know right away when I say it. <laughs> if you knew you could not fail, what would you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, what would I do? Do you know what? I would really like to um, publish a book. Don't ask me what, Owen. I've literally got no idea. But yeah, I would love to publish a book. I think you've got plenty of material for a book. Get, get writing that book, you. With your eighth day of the week that you've invented. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. Whose house would you like to have a nosy round? <gasps> oh my goodness. Oh, Lisa, I don't know anyone famous or care about anyone. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be somebody famous. It could be literally somebody that lives across the road to you. Like, their house looks awesome. <laughs> oh, <I'm> nosy. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually live opposite uh, ask a famous Scottish actor but I can't I can't really sure who it is I feel like I feel like they'll get annoyed at me so I can't I can't say anything but I'd love to see inside their house yeah yeah do you know who I'd like to really do you know who I would like to see inside the house of um Siobhan who from interior design masters Siobhan I would love to see it inside Siobhan's house she's just fabulous she's just radiates energy doesn't she she really does I bet her property is just something else I mean totally maximalist like totally overwhelming my house is pure minimalism but I you know it's that thing like I'd love to like that I'd love to be like that I'd love to get up in the morning and put on my pink tights and my green dress and my gold shoes (laughs) yeah Yeah. good answers and you know it's coming because I've asked you this before but what is your favorite Scottish word or phrase Woo! Blether! Is that Scottish? Yes. Oh, aye. All day long. Heather, I have thoroughly enjoyed this blether for sure. I can't thank you enough. I wish you all the best with Women Who Fail and with Huddle. It's been a total joy to meet you, and I know a lot of our interactions have been, like you're saying, on DMs, but hopefully we'll actually see each other in real life again one day. Oh, I hope so, Lisa. No, thank you very much for inviting me on. Thank you so much. Keep this podcast going, please. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.